The following program was produced by a community producer. Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host, Ed Lucy, and my guest is Counselor at Large, Craig Spadafora. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm good. Uh, good. I, I would like to take a little bit of time to, before we get into some of the heavy duty stuff uh, uh, to uh, do some a few public comments or announcements. And uh, one is that uh, the deal with so the good news is that we have had some residents, long-term residents recently who've had birthdays. And we've had uh, uh, one of your constituents down in Ward 2, um, Mrs. Pinkham. Oh, Mrs. Yeah, sorry, Mrs. Pinkham. She was she was ninety years of age. Oh, and um, happy birthday! Yes, well, Stella. I'm sorry, Stella. Stella, that's correct. And then, uh, more important than that, I guess, if you think about it, for ninety, um, Mrs. Dennehy. Mrs. Dennehy. She's a hundred years old. A hundred. Right, <laughs> and. Um, she must have a lot of stories to talk about, and um, coincidentally, she has a son who has, has a career was on the fire department, son Tom, and we have had a, a f retired chief from the fire department recently had observed his 104. Yes. Jack Garrity. Yes, I saw that in the paper. Yeah, so that's a, um, that's certainly longevity. I, I, I'm reminded that the, that the oldest person, I think, in America recently passed on at 114. And and uh, she had a very rigid style, a lifestyle where she did all the kinds of healthy things that um, uh, you do, you do to preserve yourself as you as you progress in time. And when she was a while back, when she asked about her uh, successful longevity, she says, "I would I don't recommend it." <laughs> so 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 maybe at, at that point. The other thing is, of course, with, with the. With the good news like that, you you also uh, have instances where uh, people that are part of the community. And I keep thinking back about uh, years ago. There was a radio program, and the opening or the program was, uh, and it, of course, it dealt with New York. But at that time, uh, the population was less than it is now. But uh, the opening of, of the sh radio program was there were eight million stories in the Naked City, yes. and this was one of them. And they would tell a story, but. Um, some recent deaths uh, uh, of people in education that they've passed on. There were administrators and principals, and uh, two of whom I knew. One was Mr. John Wright, who was a former principal at yep. the high school. Maybe. And I, I got to know him um, 
at the time when he was the principal, part of the time that I was mayor, he was the principal at the high school, and Tom Riley, who was the uh, attorney general at that time in Massachusetts, because of some of the things that were going on at the local level and the sense was out there that maybe there was a need to kind of coordinate with different city agencies to kind of keep current and abreast of uh, events that might be going on in your community so you alert. So there was a, a series of scheduled meetings when he was in office, and and that included the, the police department, the school department, the mayor's office, other city agencies, social services, and you would kind of get caught up in what was going on that other parts of the uh, of the group should have been aware of for their own benefit, you know, whether it was the, the things that the police were doing or the problems in the, in, in the fire department, and, it's, and so you ended up getting a, an insight that uh, I thought at that time was very productive. And then, like, and it was not just Marvin. He did it in other communities in, in uh, Middlesex County. But um, I think that probably like anything else, as time progressed, he left office, someone else came in, they had a different perspective, and that was the end of that. And, and so that was it. The other person that I, I, I knew uh, was Lee Johnson, who was... Uh, he also passed away. He was a he was a teacher at the Vogue School in Malden when there was a Vogue School, and and then he went to the Northeast Regional. But there's a group of former administrators and educators who used to meet at Franny's down in Maplewood Square every Friday morning, and uh, over the years have added people like myself or a fire department personnel. There's a, one of the former. Uh, police people is also comes in, and, and there's some others. And uh, but Lee Johnson was a regular there, and uh, it, it's kind of interesting because as a group, you sit there at the same seat every week. And as it happens, sometimes the person that was in that seat may not be there for a lot of different reasons. The the, the one to my right, as we sit down, is uh, Mr. Dempsey, retired for his principal. Who's ninety ninety years. 99 years yes. of age, still out there. Yep. But Lee sat, Lee sat across from me, and um, uh, the, the thing that I remember most about him, he was a very quiet, unassuming kind of guy. He had his own opinions about things, but uh, it seems to me that he ended up uh, having um, the most animation when he talked about his children and grandchildren who have done well, and, and he's in, it has a lot of meaning in his life. The other person who's passed away that I uh, knew very well was uh, uh, Henry Ferrick just recently within this past week, and Henry retired from the fire department and and uh, was very proud of being a Malden firefighter, stayed until he was 65, although he could, of. he could have left earlier than that if he wanted to. And whenever there was a parade with the um, fire department involved locally, he was uh, carrying the flag. When there were uh, occasions when there was someone who uh, uh, passed away that was a firefighter, he was one of those people that would volunteer his time both as an active firefighter and as a retiree, to stand by the casket in respect to the, the co-worker. And uh, Henry, um, his family came from Malden. One thing, not that it's directly connected to Henry, but his mother was a neighbor of mine years ago, and I found out afterwards, and I was talking to Henry about it one day, she was a runner when she was younger. And, and her, her compatriot and competitor was... Um, uh, the Stokes person who was uh, recognized recently in Malden, uh, she was almost an Olympic yep. contender. She just missed the, missed the final cut, probably because of her color yep. more than any other reason. But anyway, in, like I said, in Henry's case, um, he was someone that was proud of being a Maldonian and proud of being a, a firefighter. And, and uh, again, one of those people that in his own quiet way set an example for a lot of us. So.
So anyway, that's that part of it. Oh, one other quick one, though. Uh, did you notice in the newspaper recently about the, the two brothers that donated all that money? I wars? did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. $5 million? Was it Six. Five? $6 million? Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Impressive. Well, the, there was a book um, published a while back. Um, I don't remember now if the title was The Quiet Millionaires or Your Neighbor Who's a Millionaire or something like that. The Millionaire Next Door. Okay, that's it. And um, that's them. And, that's them. And I, I had known that um, they, they, that one was an investor, Lewis, I believe it was, yep. and that uh, he and his brother uh, lived on uh, Starbuck Street, right next to Mount Vernon, where, where it meets. And uh, I knew him from years ago because he was active as a member of, of the um, Friends of the Malden Public Library. And uh, he also uh, one time ran for office in Ward 5. He did? Yes. But that's kind of trivia that not Only you would remember that one. <laughs> Jackie Glenwood. Yeah, Jackie Glenwood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and he uh, donated all to what? The WGBH? Was that what it was? Public yes, television? Yeah. The largest contribution donation they've ever received. And um, what's kind of interesting is that if you if you watch Channel 2, and I do watch it for some programs, one of which is uh, when they when they start talking about people, where they came from, and how they, uh, how they came to America or how their family yep. did, um, they're still uh, they're still promoting uh, requests because this is the time of the year they raise money, and I'm thinking, gee, they got all that <laughs> money from one person. So, but they want you to keep keep used to uh, to donating. That's uh, that's the way. Five million doesn't go the same way it used to go, Ed. No, uh, no. Everett Dirksen, uh, one time the state the senator from Illinois, said a billion here and a billion there, and after a while, it's real money. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you, uh, the the, the um, the opportunity to run for office this year, the uh, for the qualifying has passed. So anybody that's interested Correct. has already signed up. Too late. You're you're uh, running for re-election. I am. And there are there are I think uh, are there four that qualified. There are four that qualified. There are four qualified. Three incumbents. Right. And then Dante DeSirio. Right. Dante, excuse me, yeah, Dante DeSirio, who was run before. I think he's run for. I think Dante has run for school committee. I think ward councilor, councilor at large, and I think was it mayor. It was when I was a kid. Did he ever put his? Um, am I remembering that wrong? Uh, anything is possible. Yeah, anything is possible. <laughs> I remember Dante ran when I was when I was younger. Dante yeah, ran yeah, yeah. Uh, for a lot of. Yeah. He was a mailman in Malden, retired mailman. Right. Uh, fixture in the ward. To community, right, and you see him walking continuously to this day. Great right. shape, right, right, right. So I'm, I actually saw him last night at the um, Malden uh, Safety Day. Oh, well, is he going uh, shaking hands or he just? I think he was shaking hands. He was shaking. Yeah. We, we, you know, we exchanged pleasantries, yeah. and he, we were shaking hands. Yeah. What's interesting, I think, this year in Malden, and it's a sign of the times in some ways. None of the candidates who are currently in office from the school committee are running with any opposition. Correct. There's one open seat, I think. So there. Uh, now, in the city council, most of the ward councils are running unopposed. Correct. And even when you think about it, with and it's, that's more recent. It, w at one time, there may have been a a primary at large when you needed seven people, but that's a rarity. There was eight when I ran the first time. And that's ten ten elections ago. That would be. That would be. Uh, it, it will be nine. It'd be nine elections ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then. Oh, I'm sorry. It will be ten. You're right. It will be ten. Yeah. The upcoming yeah. election will be ten. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, but again, when you contrast that with Everett, they got they got arguments and fights in every ward and at large and on the school committee and. Uh, I'm sure the monetary value of those seats in Everett 
uh, are, have something to do with that, that need and desire to serve public. Do, do you know what the school committee gets paid over there? I don't. You know. I, I, know the, the, I know that. I know Medford and Everett recently just both got raises. I think they and they're did. around like twenty-five or 30000 I think Everett is thirty. Thirty plus the plus is a stipend. If you're the president in Method, I think it's twenty-five, a stipend with the president too. So, right. you know, like you said, a billion here, a billion there, you know, 25000 or 30000 which ultimately is – you know, most people consider a part-time job is right. is is real money, and that's right. that's somebody's mortgage payment. Right. So I think that's why, unfortunately, you have a lot more people. Not in a bad way. I think people are running for that reason rather than sometimes running for the reason that you should be running for. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a war story, although it doesn't mean anything to anybody. When I was on the city council, and the worst thing you can probably do is when someone starts reminiscing about their 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 life or their career. But I thought at that at that time the school community didn't get paid. They yep. were they ran at large, which meant they had to run citywide, and uh, some people have a, a, a difficulty raising money or asking people for donations. And I thought at the time um, that, uh, in fairness to the school committee, that they should get a stipends, not a salary, but a stipends that they could use to defray some of the expenses they incur by being in office. Because not only do you have to sometimes spend money to run, but then after you get elected, you get contacted by your organization looking for sponsorships or donations, and so you're taking money out of your own pocket. And I thought, well, gee, if they had a little bit of money, maybe they would encourage people to to run because there wasn't a lot of opposition when there were five at large. Now now the school committee runs on a ward basis, so there's eight members plus the mayor. And in those days, there were five at large. So I, I put a paper in the council in to, to, to give them a stipend, but it, was, it wasn't worded that great. And two, th- and I'm only I'm not going to go too much into it. But one person who was a member of the school community at that time said, "Ed, I'm going to vote against it and speak against it." But he says, "I'd like to get the money." <laughs> <laughs> the second person who was on the on the committee at the time uh, was, was thinking of running for office and uh, uh, a large, a different office. Yep. And, the, and the thing was. The rule, in effect, which which was court case that started mauling, you can't collect two two pays from a city, and so th- that person thought I was uh, put the paper in the stymied his, his career. So needless to say, when the final vote came up and it was a public process, the vote against it was eleven to nothing. <laughs> but anyway, um, did you not vote? Oh, for the school committee. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was yeah for the. So they had a, they had a vote on their own paper. Wait, you they didn't have, no, they didn't Wait, have to did vote. You, for, did you have to vote on it? We had a vote but on it. But do you vote for your own paper? Well, because the, when I, when, they, when the public hearing came, not oh. only did the council some of them pose. So you, you acquiesced. Yeah, I, I, I ran for cover. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was just counting votes. Then. That's it. But I'm standing there and I'm saying that the, the people that are going to benefit from it are t- telling me they don't want they it. They don't want it. Which happens. Which happens. Listen, we've we've tried it here in Marlowe. Yeah. I mean, Marlowe. You know, when I say I say it, you know, haphazardly, like you know, your son ran was a council at large. You you were a council at large. You were the mayor. Even, you know, council lodges, even today, while they are considered part-time, there is more work now as a councilor, I think, just because of this, yeah. right? Uh, when I first got on, we, we didn't have cell phones. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but now yeah. because of instant communication, people will contact you at all hours of the night. And there's an expectation in every industry, right, that you you get back to them in a reasonable time because of what we deal with in you know, Amazon's of the world and Apple's of the world. So when somebody sends you an email at nine o'clock at night, there's an expectation from that from that resident. They want an email back quick, regardless of its urgency. So um, there's always been a desire, I think, for the council to continue to be at least in step with other municipalities for 
pay raises, and this is across the board, boards, commissions, because there's a lot of work that the residents don't see behind there. I mean, even the mayor, right? The mayor has not got a raise, not not the current mayor. I, I always say the, the, the position, right? The, the mayor's position has not gotten a raise, I think. It's got to be 15 years. Well, um, maybe longer. Well, it's certainly 12 because he's been in office yeah, 12 years. Yeah, and he actually took a pay cut because he doesn't get the stipend for the school committee anymore. Oh, I didn't know he, he gave did. he gave that back. I think the last the last go around. Oh, he did. Well, that's very generous. But at the time when that was implemented, I didn't think the mayor should get a stipend for the school. I committee. agree. That's when Howard was mayor. Yeah, that's right. I don't think the mayor should be on the school committee. If you want to go further than that, well, there's, <laughs> there's some legitimate reasons yeah. why it, it creates a, a difficult situation. In the one hand, the mayor is ultimately going to be responsible for, for the, the budget. budget. Forget the personality. Correct. But on the other hand, his presence sometimes could have an influence on the other people, the way that they, they view an issue because of the mayor's position on that particular issue might not be the same as them. But uh, And when they when they did the way they did it now, when they changed it, and, and that, that occurred when I was, that charter change occurred when I was mayor. Uh, and there were people on that c- commission that had, Thought both ways, and I, I, I didn't. I let them do whatever they wanted to do. I didn't. I did not agree with it, because one of the reasons they used it is as a, re- a reason to have it ward based was that uh, you were then in a situation where, like a ward councilor, you could look out for the interests of the people in the ward. The dilemma was with schools; they're not ward based. They're, they're no longer they overlap two exa- to th- exactly. Yeah. Right. So it, it made no sense at all to think that way. But uh, I, I didn't agree that it was a, made any sense. But in, in any event, there was a commission was. You point to people, you say, well, they should be the one evaluated as long as it's reasonable and even if they didn't agree with it. But um, one of the things with the mayor's situation, those council rather, and I and I think the president of the council should get an extra stipend. No, you don't have to give him a lot of, he or she doesn't get necessarily get a lot of money, but the, the recognize the fact that you, the council members think enough of you to be in Make you president. That's Is that retro, by the way? Can I get that retro? Well, ask ask uh, Mayor Demarie <laughs> and Everett. He'll tell you how to get it. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I agree. It should there should be a stipend for the president because there's a lot of scheduling and a lot of um, events the president has to go for as a as a as a uh, an ambassador of the council. Yeah. The other thing is it's hard to get the raise. When the mayor won't take the raise. Correct. Now you've just told me something I wasn't aware of, that he took a pay cut. He took a pay cut. I, think the I, mayor, thought, I, I thought I was the only one. I no. took a pay cut. And you, I, gave up, and you gave up the car, too, right? I gave up the car. Yeah. And uh, I, I took a pay cut because um, there was a pay raise put put out prior to my ent- entering office, which was done by hire, appointing a local commission to evaluate the mayor's salary in Marlin versus the communities around them. Which we still do that today. But that's really a kind of window dressing because the, the obvious things, the people that get appointed to the commission are very likely to be sympathetic to the wishes of the then mayor, whoever she may be. And the result was I feel that, a, that a, on, a, on a vote over pay raise for a public official at this level or at the state level, it should be a roll call vote with you taking a position on it. Ideally, at the Congress level, they, they have a built-in raise. Yep. At the state level, they have a built-in raise. So does Method. And, and at uh, Method Mayor? I think the way the Method City Council is, I think they did a home rule petition where it's tied towards an average of the non— they went to the state to get it because yeah. be, we've looked at it. I believe it is they take the average of their three biggest unions, which is usually police, fire, and uh, um, yeah. the school, and they take that that average and they give it to the, to the, the, um, the elected officials. 
So they never have to. They never have to worry about the raises like we do. Same thing as the state. Good. Okay. Well, that's a, that makes no sense at all. That, <laughs> that defies logic because it's not a. It's it's nothing, uh, and and it's happened. For instance, you could be the mayor, and uh, you run for state senate, and you get elected. You could be the mayor another year, and therefore you'd be drawing two salaries, and, and it's perfectly legal because they're two different levels of government. But like at, at, at the congressional level in Washington, they have built-in raises. At the state level, they have built-in raises. The interesting thing about raises is just throw one out a bit. It's political trivia, four years ago or thereabouts, there was a pay raise given to the state office holders, you know, the... the, uh, the, the constitutional members. Yeah. Yep. Two of them didn't take it. Yep. Do, are you aware of that? I do. Oh, Galvin didn't take his. Yep. And, and uh, Goldberg didn't take hers. So this year they got reelected. Effective January, they took the pay raise. Now, why do they take it now that they didn't take it before? Oh, I'll tell you a very good reason. <laughs> Your pension is it's based, based on, on the last three, three years. best years. <laughs> Not the last three. You're the three highest, you're right. Three best, and, and obviously, you're going to get the same pension. You don't. You didn't get the same income those four years, but you you, you get the same pension eventually when you retire, which would suggest both of them plan this to leave after. In the four-year positions, that's right. Yeah, They'll get the highest. Three years of so whatever good intention they did, which may be altruistic all the way, it also suggests that uh, as a practical matter, it's an easier way to go run for re-election if you've passed on a raise, and ultimately it doesn't affect you financially very much. Yeah, you have no, you have nothing to lose because you won, and now you get the high, you'll get the highest three regardless because right, you've taken right, it now. Right. Yeah. And you're uh, letting all the secrets out today. Well, um, <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. But you, I almost forgot about the car. I didn't. Ever, you know, I never. You know, I didn't ever think about the car, and I, I found that out when I took office. The city has their own gas pump. Yes. And I think there's a lot of latitude in who gets gas. And, and, and I, I, uh, <laughs> I uh, even in some of the people that gave the car back after I took office, I found out afterwards they were still getting the free gas <laughs> for their personal car. Yeah, you had, I remember you had the car. You gave back the car. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, now, what's kind of interesting more recently, and it's something that hits home for, the, for you as a city councilor, a paper was submitted by your colleague, uh, uh, Cong- uh, Councilor Large McDonald. Yep. Two issues dealing with the city's budget situation. Correct. And it really, uh, it's a kind of ironic in one way in that recently communities in Massachusetts and some, and some other parts of the country have been better off financially than they normally are, have been because with the uh, coronavirus, the, the, the people in Washington passed on a lot of money to stimulate the economy and to benefit the state's population, and the state was then able to filter down the money to the community. So Malden, among a lot of other communities here, have found out they had more money than they usually have, and they've been able to do things that they haven't been able to do in the past, but there's a day of reckoning coming, and apparently that's what those two papers suggested. Yeah, so you you put it well. I mean, so when the uh, coronavirus happened, you know, Congress voted to, you know, drop and I work in finance they call it parachute the money down to the local to stimulate the economies and it, it's been very helpful in terms of 
allowing us the fortitude to do capital improvements, uh, Ed, that we would have never been able to do, right? We've up- updated all the HVA systems. We bought we bought much-needed equipment, you know, fire trucks. Most people don't realize a fire truck today costs uh, a ladder truck, I think, is over a million dollars now. Shocking, yeah. So, so a lot of, you know, t- $10 million can go pretty quickly. So... Uh, and we've changed that money around. In term, the, the government's changed what we can use that money for, and we've we've given up money to a lot of nonprofits, uh, which has been very helpful and a lifeline to them. We've the mayor actually sent a letter out, probably I would say no longer than five weeks ago, telling all the the because it was individuals commission set up for each opera money to stop promising any of that we're going to keep some reserves because we feel that next year this year we were able to pass the budget the first time as a council that i can recall and i think it's the first time ever budget was presented by the mayor there was not one change to that budget yeah that was uh that was not one change not a dollar in any direction yeah it doesn't make any sense because usually they make some math errors i mean there's math errors there's somebody comes in and says i need an extra person there's somebody i mean every department comes in always needing something some of the answers were we gave we gave you know an example, we gave the fire department what they want in terms of equipment, right? We gave the DPW equipment with that opera money, but nobody requested any different staffing. So that budget, we were we we had to use some free cash to, to take care of that. What we've seen a dramatic increase, obviously salaries because of inflation's gone up, rightly so, and med- medical went up, you know, double digits this year, right? We anticipate if we don't do if everything stays the same right now, till next year, Ed, everything stays the same, we're about five to six million dollars in the hole. And how much of that um, would have been uh, available, like from the federal stimulus money that you won't have, other than what you've already got? So we're saving. We've saved, I believe, and don't quote me because I think it's. I, I I know we my I did nonprofits. We gave back money. I think the mayor has collected about four and a half million, maybe five, in ARPA money that he set aside for that seven million bucks. So we still have some money in reserves, but the problem is going to be is we know that. State funding might be less, right? School, you know, Chapter 90, all those good things that we got really good funding this year. We we know that people are keeping their cars longer, right? So you see excise taxes down. Gas tax, we know, has been down because you have more electric vehicles out there and people are not driving to work as much, right? All the taxes that get stimulated by population going to work every day is down because people get to work from home. You know, the real estate market, we've had a lot of inspections that helps us with that, but we think real estate, you know, there's a tax on a real estate when you sold, that could go down. So we're, we are predicting next year is going to be a little bit rougher. And then this morning, you know, the U.S. government was downgraded by Finch. They're no longer AAA because of all the borrowing the federal government does. And then what that does is that has a that has a downward effect because now it costs more money to borrow. So we believe, I don't think it's going to be, when I say a decker, I, I think we're going to be close without laying it to be off, and I don't want to send shocks to people, but I think that we're prepared to have a level-funded budget with the, with the possibility of maybe having to do some cuts, simply just because if, if health insurance goes up 10%, you know we can only raise taxes 2.5%. You know, you're already in the hole. And so we, we are concerned as a city, and, we're, and that's what those papers are. One is a, the school funding mechanism there. Uh, Ron Hogan, who's the mayor's uh, chief of strategy now, uh, he came to the council two years ago and said this formula is broken. It hurts Malden based on the population. And we're not getting the same amount of reimbursement on the school level, like cities like Everett and Chelsea. Uh, and so we'll never get to that, that funding. And if we don't fix that, or we, or we, if we don't get it fixed by the state, it's going to keep on eroding the money for all the other departments. And, and everybody wants to support education. It's just that the way the formula is, it, it's, it has us up against the, uh, the wall. You know, uh, um, my own perspective on, on, on the school system, uh, uh, 
The charter school has a big problem, or has been over the years, is they've created problems for themselves for their, for their approach to public relations. Simple things that should have been handled on, on an easy basis, whether it was the, the, the property that got Maplewood Square or, or whatever, the, even the, the other things that have happened in the past. It's, been a, it's almost the sense is that it's, with this charter school, it's a one-way street. You get what, whatever we get, we're entitled to. Anything else we don't get, it's your problem to make it, make it right by us. So I think they've done a great job in terms of educating children and that the, the shows up in terms of their sports activities, their successes in the sports, in certain sports, and also, of course, the, the level of, uh, of the educational uh, elevation after they graduate. But at the same time, um, the quality of the students, or the type of students that have problems, they end up in the public school, and and they, and they, they obviously they're entitled to get services. And but uh, parochial schools and charter schools aren't set up to handle a lot of special needs situations. Certainly, uh, uh, the level of income that are paid to their teachers and the benefits they get are far less than the public school program. Even though sometimes the public school people don't think they're giving enough of that. But, but the formula itself is getting back to what you said earlier is is really wrong in that the the contribution or the donation or the appropriation Malden makes a charter school in Malden is premised on the um, average cost of, student. of the public school student. But you look, when you contrast the cost, there's no similarity between the cost in public schools and versus what, what they receive in the... And you have the same challenge with the VOC, right? I mean, the VOC, I think the VOC is actually a higher per pupil uh, amount of reimbursement. And now we have, they are building a new school, which has been controversial because of all where they want to build in terms of cutting down all the trees. Uh, th that bill starts this year, Ed. That's the other thing that we're concerned about. It's a million, I think it's a million one or a million two on the bonding that we're responsible okay. for. I was going to ask that question. The, the bond has already been uh, put in place. The money's being uh, paid. They're going to come take it. But th there's no final decision on the building of the school yet, is there? Uh, not that I'm aware of. There's, there's I, some sorts of, there's, there's water issues. And, there's water issues. I think, that, you know, the location of it they're talking about. But th that money's, I think they've locked in the bonding because they know, A, they're going to build something. Yeah. B, they want to get that low interest rate, which I don't blame them considering where we are in interest rates. Yeah. But that, that million one or million two comes off the books this year, Ed. And then the other thing is, which they've told us, is because they're going to have a bigger school, they're going to want more pupils. Which, again, everybody wants vocational. It's a great trade now, right? Mm -hmm. And they expect that increase to go up too. Yeah. yeah. But so, in effect, the bond has been created and the, the commitment to the communities in Marlin is 30 year bond. And it's 30 years and it's over a million dollars a year for Marlin. Every community is paying over a million bucks a year, yep. Every? Every one, yeah. Oh, because I thought Marlin's population determined how much they had to pay. I think it's per pupil. School, school population. Yes, but yeah. the million dollars is just for the bond. Oh, so it's, oh, I see. So it's got nothing to do with the, the that that's addition. That's oh, addition. Right. So the million, the million one, million two is for the bond, the building. Okay. Then that's per. You still pay the per pupil. Right. And then and then they're going to increase that cap too. Right. Well, would would Melrose wouldn't pay the same as Marlin? Because no, because they don't have as many students either, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Chelsea's making out. And then there was a story in there about the Vogue, where the ice skating rink Wakefield is going to get preferential treatment in that. So we're helping funding a, a rink for for Wakefield. I saw an I, article. I, I saw that. I didn't realize they were building a rink either. Yeah, I saw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which um, sometimes there's articles in, the, in in groups get organized to oppose or support something, but 
there's no name attached to the to the, uh, and I don't understand that. Why aren't they required the, the newspaper to uh, put a name down? Not that you 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 want to use that as a reason to deny it or, or, or the thing is, but I would assume if you there should be for ledge, for to show credibility that you have someone said. Uh, yeah, they have anonymous. They have the letter, the editor, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it does it, it yeah, doesn't make sense. It used to be at one time, and I suppose it would still apply. I think. With the newspaper, they know who writes the letter, otherwise they wouldn't publish it. But but they can write the letter and not put their name on it. And and, and that, to me, sometimes is kind of a dodge because you might have a, a personal reason for being for or against an issue or, or, a, or a person or whatever, and then you end up, you can write a letter to the paper and then you don't have to... You could be the co construction company, you know, saying you're for <laughs> because you want to build it. I mean, that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, so you got that expense... Um, it's it's never ending for streets and sidewalks and 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 uh, I've noticed and I, I assume you get you must get complaints. Eastern Avenue and Salem Street are sometimes backed up uh, long lines of traffic, uh, uh, mostly because they have these the bus lanes. Well, they have the public utilities sometimes have to do something. The, the city has to sometimes have a problem. And, and yeah, the, I mean, there's that. I mean, it's you're right. It's never ending. I mean, we're doing a lot of. I mean, the good thing is because we've got some ARPA money because we got some good financing from the state too. We're doing updates in water, right? Water yeah. and sewer because the lead lines. So we're doing that. We're yeah. doing, and then what we've we've done a better job as a community is we want to make sure, Ed, that if we're going to do the water, we're doing all the utilities at once. So that's been a little bit of a. Uh, um, that's been a challenge because some residents want to get their street fixed, but we said we want to fix the water, but we don't want to fix it and then have this, you know, the uh, national grid combine rip everything up. So we, we've coordinated much better. But by doing that, it's a slow process, right? And it, it takes longer to repave. But we promise, and, you know, the, the mayor has been very adamant about the council supported additional funding. We got every, every street we ripped up, we will, we will pave. What we've done too is we've gotten better instead of doing, um, um, full depth reconstruction is that's when they take everything down to the bare bones. That's when they put new sidewalks in. When you do that, new sidewalks in certain streets, that that includes tree plantings. That includes making it handicap accessible. In some cases, that's millions of dollars more. So if the street doesn't need the sidewalks to be repaired that much, so that means we don't have to update a lot of things. If we could just you know replace those utilities, replace that water line, create the zipper, you know the, down the middle of the street, and then repave, it is probably a third of the cost and they're doing trees too they're doing oh trees is a separate issue too so trees we're doing because we have a state grant with a million dollars and then the, and then the city council's upgraded their their um our, our allotment and, and steady funds for those trees too and it's been great because we've got residents now asking for trees which they did in the past you know you always have i said as a council one of the first things i i realized when i was a ward council like a council at lodge i had a resident call me and say i want to get, take my tree down and I was probably five months in the council. So, you know, being the full of vinegar, I call up the, uh, I don't even think it was Bobby Knox at the time. I called up and said, we're going to get the tree down. I take the tree down. Well, five residents called me up who didn't want the tree down, right? It was the one neighbor. So I, I, I got one good vote and I lost five because they were mad at the tree. So one thing I tell people now is, you know, when somebody wants a tree cut down, you better, you better check that neighbor because people, you know, they don't want to clean up the mess. What we've seen is kind of a full circle. People want the trees not only for the environmental impact, aesthetics, uh, it just makes the streetscape look better, too. So there's a lot more people, I think, understanding what trees bring to the community. Yeah. Now, when you drive, uh, two, two tough streets to drive on, uh, uh, Medford Street, all the way from Maine to Feldway. Yep. And, and they'd have a hard time even doing the street if they wanted to because the traffic. it's so busy. And But anyway, the other street that's really tough to drive on is, is um, um, Newland Street. Yeah. But but it's really it's a cut through for people that's going to to, to, to uh, Everett Everett and sometimes when they go into that uh, uh, 
project that's not the project, but the stores that are down there, the, the old wine area. Uh, Purity uh, Supreme area when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, and and uh, more than Catholic too. People get down that way for that way too. Yeah, and the, and the big thing too, they get, they have a. a an Asian store down there, and yep. that's very busy. So I mean, you get people coming through to, to, to shortcut out of Newman Street, and it's a it's a tough street. To, but but Le, part of Lemon Street stuff, and you couldn't shut that down. Yeah, well, I th- I think some of that Ed is too is the bike lanes, right? So we, we so there was the paper that the council they when we voted on it, we voted as a trial to allow it to happen, right? So the state came in, the MBTA, and they were going to give us about a million bucks to upgrade all the lighting. Pave the streets because the paving is about three hundred thousand dollars along. Well, we we kind of got it. We got ahead of our skis. We can pass the blame to ourselves or the MBTA. But when they went to look at the equipment, Ed, they said that the the equipment was outdated. So that equipment is still in back order. So a lot of the traffic you're seeing right now from that is because the signals are not wa- working properly. We're going to give them a year. They're going to upgrade the signals. We're going to keep the we're going to keep the lane. I was I've been in constant communication with me and myself and Council Crow, who's a lot of that 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 whole road is is hers. And so what we've seen because of the one lane there and the reduction and because it's not evenly flowing. People are cutting through neighborhoods now. So instead of going down Route 60 to go to Everett or anyway, they're going the back roads. And that and that 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 cut through right there of of uh, of um, Newland, Street. Newland Street is one of those cut throughs, and we're seeing it in the wards because yeah. people are cutting through. Yeah. So we're hoping when they upgrade the, the traffic signals, it, it gives us some relief. Yeah. Now, uh, the Malden uh, River Works. Yes. Uh, what's the project down there that they're doing? So we've gotten some money from uh, Senator Markey's office, uh, a grant. I think uh, it's about two million dollars. Um, so the Marlin River Works Committee is a committee the mayor started. There is, uh, I think, Council Murphy's on it. A lot of residents, and that is two things: it's 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 to bring um, access uh, uh, to people in the city of Marlin of all races and colors to have the ability to use that waterways. Uh, it's amazing, you know. I'm, I'm going to be 50 this year. When I was a kid, nobody would want to have access to that river. When I was a kid, but like everything else, you know, times have changed and they're cleaning it up. So there was a, there was a long public process of what to do down there. There was many meetings, and so what the plan is is to build, to take the backside of the DPW, pave that, build a, a public. I, I want to use it's not an amphitheater, but a an area there where you could assemble and maybe do some summer concerts, some artwork, uh, and then I, I believe a permanent uh, structure for the for the for the the, the the crew and the rowboats there, and really make a a, a much more accessible pro, uh, um, area to access the river through the DPW. It's about a five million dollar project, so we've gotten two million dollars from. It was five million when it was first uh, planned. Like anything, it's probably up to six now, but now we have two million dollars to start some of that that work. And that will be that will be behind the DPW. If you go behind the DPW, it's public. So any of the listeners want to go there, you go to the, the DPW, you go all the way to the end. Ed, there's a drawing on there, um, and you can see all the, the wonderful work that they're doing down there. And then, and then uh, there's a great bunch of people in this in that committee, and even even the Marlin River Association. They have a lot of uh, say in there. They're collecting trash in there, so you know they try to bring access to that river. Now the cultural arts center—that's another future expense the city is faced with. There's another group that is looking into exactly that. So that the cultural arts center is an, is uh, is the old Malden courthouse that the state 
Uh, excuse me, is that occupied at all now? No, it's empty. Okay. I think I don't know if we officially have gotten the keys turned over, but it's any day. It might be. It might be now. But I remember maybe up in, two months ago, I asked, "Do we get the keys yet?" There's a group of residents and councils. I believe Council Linehan is is on there to to figure out a way to make that um, sustainable. Because everything we've talked about with other organizations, they've said. In order to make a, because that's a big building, that's a big expense, as you know, is being made. It's not easy to heat those buildings and to maintain those buildings. And, and um, talking to other communities, they realize you want to have those art centers. You need to have some type of private money in there to keep it working. Is, is there a budget? I, is there an estimated budget cost? For There's the, nothing in the budget for that. And, and uh, that's and you'd have to renovate the building anyway, besides so do whatever else. You I mean, that's the other thing. I don't know what the state. I mean, the state was in the process of renovating. It always scares me when the state says, "Oh, we're not going to go back. We're going to stop because they stopped." I think there was asbestos in there. I think they've cleaned that out. I know they put in a roof. They've they've decided to stay in Medford at Wellington Circle. Um, so I, I, there's no there's no line item in this year's budget for that building. And it wouldn't be until you actually fish, fish officially have it, yeah. have the keys, and, and you respond. But we have a balanced budget, so we have to find it somewhere else. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's two ways you, uh, if whether you're talking about your own home budget or you're talking about the city's budget, and, and maybe your home budget is a little less complicated because uh, you cut up a credit card, maybe that'll do it. But you, uh, to do all the things, you, or some of the things that you can do now versus trying to do everything, which is impossible financially. Um, you either raise taxes or you find other sources of income that you Correct. have. Or maybe there's a plan B, which you cut expenses. But expenses are kind of like people. It's bodies. So uh, what are they looking at as maybe looking for sources of, of in added income for the community? On on that building particularly? Oh no, and just in general. Well, I mean, new growth has been something we've been relying on. So we're going to have the development of the hospital there. That should stimulate because that's going to be taxable now. That's a, that's new growth developments there. Uh, I mean, you know, nobody wants to talk about like the trash tax. I mean, that that's that it is a tax we pay for the barrels. Is there's always, I think, one point we have to look at raising that because you look around the country, trash is never going down as much as we recycle. Um, that's a challenge. That's that's part of our challenge right now. And the other thing that I would just say is is one of the things that I think most of the councils have realized now, especially if you've been there for a little while, is while, we, we, while everybody wants housing, right, regardless of it's uh, home ownership or apartments, affordable, whatever the case might be, it's tax different than commercial industrial, right? And, and one of the things that we have, we have a now a long-term financial committee at the council that we meet usually once or twice a year to talk about five-year plans rather than just meeting that budget, Right. We look across some of our, our other communities. You look at you look at Saugus, you look at Chelsea, you look at even Everett. They have a pretty, I don't want to say equal, but they have a pretty, I guess the word I'm going to use is equal, base. They have residential, they have commercial, they have industrial. When you have a nice base of industrial and commercial, they pay higher taxes. They pay higher water rates. So it allows you to keep your residential components down and still provide those services. Because think about it, residential, excuse me, commercial and industrial don't have students, right? They don't have the same needs as a, as a homeowner. Saugus has a fantastic commercial base because of Route 1. Everett has the power plant. They have the, the, all the gas works over there. The casino, we know that's, that's, we know that's a gold mine, right? But even Chelsea has a nice commercial space. What we've been doing here in Marlin is taking a lot of our commercial space and putting it into residential component, which is great. But at one point, if it's all residential and we keep on cutting down our commercial tax base, Ed, our industrial, we're going to be in a world of hurt because 
you're going to have to keep on raising those tax rates to keep up with the demand. And that and that's what I think this council is starting to realize, along with the school funding f- formula. We got to get some things in order from a math perspective before we go back to the residents and ask them for any more money. Well, you, you, uh, with the with the real estate tax, which is other than state aid, that's a primary source of income for communities. Um, you you auto, you're literally automatically raising your your tax two and a half percent a year, and in Malden, a lot of people don't realize it. I think I think now it's like is a thirty percent tax exemption for real estate residential yep. real estate, yep. which is significant, and that. People may complain about their tax bill, but in other communities would be paying a lot more because they don't. Most communities don't have that exemption, do they? No, no. In fact, when it was first implemented, I think it was either ten percent, and then it kept being bumped up to, to now it's. 30%. I think it started at ten or fifteen, and then it moved up. So that I was in the council when that happened. We actually looked. I believe. Don't quote me, but I think some of them might be thirty. There's one that's thirty-five that somebody's just approached at. We looked at it, but again, that puts. Because all you're doing is taking the tax from the Different homeowner pocket, yeah. and you're putting it on the renter or you're putting it on somebody who doesn't own the house, right? right. If that way. So this, we, we understand that it's a regressive type of tax if you don't own the home. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If you live in, we, which, what we'll try to do is if we are going to build residential, my personal preference would be, yes, you can build affordable. We want to build condos or ownership because I believe that's, we get a better tax base. We got people who get roots and then you would get, you not you, but if somebody who lived in the city that was a resident, you get one too, but. They would get it. They would automatically get a reimbursement because there there was a homeowner and occupied. So right. I think it's a, it's a good story yeah. to give. I believe didn't they try to pass that when you were mayor? What the homeowner exemption wasn't there a paper put in years and years ago and it failed. Don't remember. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we were. The, I don't think we were the first council to try it. I think we were the first council to actually push it through. Well, I remember the councilor who sponsored the paper, who doesn't live here anymore. The, but, yeah, 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 and and. Uh, at the time, it, 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 it seemed fair. I've been kind of surprised that they keep raising it, though, uh, because— um, I try to raise it 35 and get shot down. Well, that's okay. Uh, the thing is, if you get commercial sources to, to help pay for it, and the other complication is there's more people looking for, for, for apartments than apartments are available, so the supply and demand offers out that there's going to be raises. So— even with the residential exemption, if you own investment property or, or you own a house you live in, you can raise the rent. Uh, three, three families or less, you end up being qualified for the residential exemption. You're going to raise the rent because it's, uh, that's what the market suggests. And uh, in spite of in spite of what the, the news sometimes suggests is that there's this there's the, 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 this in this uh, inward pressure has tapered off. I don't think it has at all. So you're close to the T for more than and and. Uh, the one thing that that happens when you start to build commercial property for resi- like apartment houses, you all, you, you you end up uh, adding cars to the to the streets or something. So there's some and some students and there's yeah, some students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. the. Uh, yeah. I mean the one thing if if magic wand if the state could change the way apartment buildings are taxed because they're taxed at the residential rate. We we if you look at apartment building, it's taxed the same as I mean obviously the values are different, yeah. but same denominator. Because the state hasn't changed it because you have a lot of lobbyists out there to do it. I'm not trying to but, – but an apartment bill is a business. Yeah. And I know the rents would go up. But the same token, they're going up anyways to your point. If we were able to tax them even at a higher – like a residential too, more like commercial, then it would help us going a long way. Because we have a lot of apartment bills. And, and it, like I said, you look at that denominator, I'm paying the same amount as somebody who owns an apartment building. But obviously the, the needs are greater. The needs are greater. 
Now, do you uh, excise taxes have have they leveled off? They've gone down. Car, the average car ownership, I think, right now is like six or seven years in, in Malvin. We looked at that. We looked at that. This financial budget. Yeah. Because with the state on the uh, or the registry, uh, after five years, that's a, that's that becomes a tax on that particular car, regardless of how long you keep it. Yeah, after the value. That. Yeah. But that. Uh, uh, it's it's interesting that, that where the car prices go up, you would think that there would be more cars, newer cars on the road now than they are. But used cars, uh, they keep them because they, they, everything's so expensive. People can't afford, and yeah. you couldn't get a car. That yeah. was the other thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. my car is my car is seven years old. I would love to buy a new car right now. They're out, they're priced out of the and they're not in the lot. So if I want to go look for, it, I got to wait. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a tr- and then the, the you know the gas tax at the state level, right? You have people more people. Staying at home for work, yeah. right? So it affects the tea, affects the gas tax. And I read somewhere that Mass is considering uh, an electric vehicle tax because they're not paying any gas tax. They do what? So right now, if you own an electric vehicle, yeah. you don't pay gas tax. Correct. There's a paper right now in the House to charge people who have an electric car basically an equivalent of a gas tax. Interesting, because actually the co- the cost of electric cars is higher than than motor gas fueled cars. So that in theory, you're paying a higher excise tax on the, on the EV. Some are cheaper now, though. Actually, the new Tesla is cheaper than a Honda Accord. But think of the amount of gas tax you're not getting over the life of that car, Ed. Yeah. By, by the way, <laughs> I I I um, for anybody listening to the program, I um, I needed to get fill up my gas the other day, and I was. Uh, I usually go to Speedy for two reasons, but that's unimportant. But the price, I, I forgot how high it was. It went, it went over $4. Oh, close to it. And uh, so. And you uh, remember it was a nickel? No, I can't. Was it a nickel? It was, it was, it was 19 cents home. home. <laughs> 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 but I bought, that was whole, That was fuel. For, that was when you had oil heat at home. <laughs> two, two story. But. Uh, but anyway, I had to do an errand on Route One the other day, so I said, "Well, uh, so I know I noticed when I was on Route One one day that the uh, gas prices were less there, and so I was on the the north side coming back after doing my errand, and I pulled into the gas station, and it was like three dollars uh, and thirty seven cents, and, and and Speedy was three hundred three dollars and eighty eight cents, and it was like fifty cents a gallon. Yep. So any of you people that if, uh, if you don't mind driving and waiting while because the the gas station was loaded. But uh, uh, in fact, I waited so long, I I, I was almost on fumes. <laughs> and all, all I could visualize when I made the U-turn in Linfield, I said, "Now if I run out of gas, what do I do? Walk the gas for the for thirty cents get a, to save thirty cents." Well, no, thirty cents a gallon. I know, I know. But if you got stuck, you want to get a tow. I get triple A. Okay, good. Uh, no, no. But anyway, you're right. My kids tell me all the time, Pennywise and Palm, foolish. But uh, anyway, well. Are there other sources potentially the city might raise money from? Oh, well, so, now, you know, they implemented that ta- that food tax, which, is, which the city gets a token of that. On the meals tax, the yeah. additional meal. And there's talk about actually allowing the cities to add more to that, which is probably not a bad idea. It's consumption-based. I mean, right. um, you know, there, you know, it was there was a resident asked the other. There's, there's nowhere, there's there's no city property that we could sell to offload. In fact, like like we just talked about earlier, we're getting a piece of property on, on the. Yeah, that's a one time deal, anyway. It's a one time deal, anyways. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I don't see any, I don't see any, you know, any easy means to gather more yeah, yeah, more tax. Yeah. The um the the city um has a retirement plan that's consistent with the requirements of the law. 
and and they have their investment account. Um, you're in the business. You're in. You, yeah, you, I'm in finance. Yeah, you, you do compliance. I do. I, I work for a finance company, but I do the security side, but not the compliance. I'm, I'm not that good. Oh, you don't. But I know that I know all the rules. I have my licenses for that. I see. Okay. Um, this we mentioned it earlier. There's two ways to save money or, or cover added requirements for the budget. One one is to get an income source to build up your money. The second, obviously, is to cut expenses, which which are kind of hard to do. Impossible. So, um, but one area that might be worth looking at is. The pension system, each community, does more than know what other recent surrounding communities do for advice from, from sources? I don't know. I'm not on the retirement board. Because we, we're not part of uh, the state. Yeah. We're separate. Right. You're talking about what we spend to manage the money? No, what you know, what what do you what you get back versus what? Oh, in terms of yield. Yeah, because I mean, if you took all the money that was at one time, there was very limited what options what you could do. But you could do mortgages, you could do bonds, but you, you could, could do security. I mean, t t t bills, uh, treasury notes, yeah, because sure, you couldn't sure. have risk. Yeah, and and so what would happen now? Now, obviously, because for a lot of reasons, you can you can move in a little bit more riskier investment to get a higher yield. Correct. That's a good point. I, I, you know what? I, I've never dabbled in the retirement board, but it's, it's an area we can certainly look at. I still know that we have. That's another topic we bring up in our long-term planning: is an unfunded liabilities for the pension plan. It's still unfunded. How much? How much is it molded? A percentage? Is it a large percentage? It's large. It's it large. is. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. It's Pe absolutely going to get worse. We don't even. We don't even talk about because we we know it's a number that we'll never be able to. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's, yeah. it's at one point we're going to have to deal with it, but it's a big number, right? Yeah. Well, um, the, the, uh, it's guess, a big number. Yes. Well, I, I didn't realize. I thought they were doing pretty good as far as getting current. But you have one bad year in the market, so you not only don't gain in the in the assets, you you shrink the assets, and it's a. Uh, and people live longer now, right? I mean, they people. Live, and do. we had to we had to give. I'm an example. I know. Of that. I know. And we I, we had to give. And not in a bad way. We gave two significant cooler increases the last couple of years. I think it was three percent this year, uh, right under the, whatever the Social Security was. But but in the past, it was you know twenty five percent, twenty five basis points. Yeah. Now it's three hundred basis points because the cost of living's increased. Yeah. So that adds to yeah. the the deficit because we're giving and 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 rightly so. I'm not saying that, but but that adds to the longevity and the performance of the of those assets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now, Bob, if you want to hit, listen to some bad news, and you, you alluded to it earlier, health insurance costs, crazy, uh, and and the people live longer, like I said, and one of the things you, when you we it hasn't come up, uh, but it's just, it's a very much of a motivator sometimes to people if they could get in enough years in the in the pensions, ten. ten, yeah, if you have ten years in the system. And sometimes there are th ways that you get in that un un don't make any sense. For instance, not not to go on a crusade, but at one time, uh, if you were a school committee member, you were unpaid, but you could you could buy your time in and use that towards your retirement. So if you if you got a if you got a full time position with the city in ten years, you're entirely an additional pension. You're, you're included into, into the benefits that are available for the health insurance. And the city pays seventy five percent of the cost. At the same token, um, if you're an elected official, even though it's part time position, each year that you serve, whether it's the council, it's considered a full year on the pension system. And 
what happens in the past is that um, the people that were in the school committee were able to buy into the pension, and they add those years on top of that. And um, there were some bills passed sometimes over the years where people were given credit for full-time employment, even though they weren't. They were appointed, and all of a sudden they'd be in the newspaper that uh, Billy Bulger was able to use his um, housing allowance. Well, you knew that. Of course I knew that. Yeah, I think he had his car allowance in there, too. They've changed it. I think he had his car allowance in there, yeah. too. Well, he didn't have it. He had his own home. He didn't want the allowance, but he got, but he got that counted. He used that to, towards his pension, and, and that uh, that offset the, 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 the suit that the family lost when they were trying to uh, collect on that lottery ticket that he his brother had. Uh, the library commission here? Well, you, you remember that fiasco, too? You, if you sat in the library commission, yeah. it counted towards a year with the old senator here? It happened I, after me. Well, I was president that year. That's how I it was. My first library commission. Shock and a half. Nobody. I didn't know that. Did he get it? I didn't know that you it counted towards your pension by sitting on that library commission. Nobody knew that was the best kept secret in, in Malden. Well, um, I the, the um, they passed they passed a uh, it happened in um, in Lynn uh, before us, I think, and that's what they or saga. There's some kind of a Lynn Saugus connection, and it was a it was the, it was a spouse of someone who was in a, a political career, and that's what was the example to use to go to Malden. It never should have happened, and then finally, we, it, it, the pressure built up to the point where he, he, was, he, he, he didn't was take through. it. He didn't take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, again, it's one of those kind of things that people overlook, and 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 uh, it goes in the back door. It's just like sometimes, um, and I didn't get to talk about the. The controversy that's in, 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 in that's out there today, um, or more recently with your your colleague on the council with the conflict of interest, but uh, um, I'll have to save that for another meeting. But uh, there are a lot of times things happen in government where uh, um, I remember years ago, the, the reminisce again, there was some bill that, that passed in, at midnight in the state house, and, and someone got credit for all these years, and it got appointed to a job, and at that time it was set up in such a way that. Even though it was a it was a short term appointment, it was given as if it were a full time, and he ended up getting his big pension. So anyway, but the thing about Billy Bulger, I didn't know you knew about. Of course, that. I knew about that. Yeah, yeah. Any other gimmicks that you can think about? That? <laughs> no, I don't know any other gimmicks. It'll give it'll give people a chance to think about maybe they could qualify. For exactly. It. Yeah, but that, I, um, that yeah that that was interesting about the about the library. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So well. Um, you got an election coming up. What are the major issues? You know, yeah, I think... Th- you know what the major issues Because we're running out of time? Do I... What, what are they? To get me. the people to vote. Yes, it's, that's it's right. It's, that's the yeah. worst thing. You don't... Every year you see... You have a, we have a mayor's race this year. It's not presidential, so maybe the ra- mayor's race will get out there, but... You know, having more people, we have a we have a first time we have a, a translated ballot. So my yeah. name is going to be there in in, uh, uh, in in Mandarin. Yeah. So it's exciting to have that. But I, you know, I, I think from the city perspective, I think we're in a good spot. I would say the issues we talked about is long term financial success, right? I mean, traffic is certainly st- still an issue. Uh, in- investment into our infrastructure is big. So. And for those that aren't registered, you yes. still have time to register to vote and express your opinion because that's the way that you have an impact on the way government is handled locally. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, and I hope you provided some information that makes you think a little bit. And uh, the counselor large has his iPhone, and if you have a question, you can get in touch with him by calling him or going down to the meeting on Tuesday night. That's right. Uh, Thank you, Ed. Much pleasure. appreciated. I appreciate being here. Yeah.